Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 16th of August. Welcome back to another morning meeting. Henry, I think you have the overnight. I do indeed, Chichi. Thanks very much for asking. So overnight, we had a stronger US market once again on the back of the hope the Federal Reserve has pivoted. We're also seeing the results season better than the worst case scenario that many had been penciling into their numbers. So uh, that was the good news. The bad news for Australia, which we seem to have shrugged off to some extent today, is that base metals came under some pressure. We did have some nasty-ish numbers from China yesterday, and they even cut their uh, repo rate by 10 basis points. Bit of a surprise move from China to try and stimulate their economy. As far as the scores on the doors go, the Dow Jones was up 151, or just under half a percent. NASDAQ was up uh, 0.6%, S&P up 0.4%, oil off 3%, gold off 1%. The biggest mover in base metals was nickel, which was down 4.8%. So certainly some, uh, some biggish moves in some of those commodities, which is feeding through to our resource sector today, although it is being overshadowed to some extent by BHP results, which Tom will cover in more detail. But those fears of a China slowdown, we also saw some numbers coming out of the US in terms of their slowing housing market and some uh, other numbers coming out of in the manufacturing side of things that are, are showing that the um, the slowdown in the US is a happening thing and that what the Fed is trying to engineer is certainly taking place. It's a question of whether it overshoots and moves itself into a recession. But uh, for the time being, the market is buoyant and positive about the outlook. Thank you very much, Henry. And Tom, over to you for the local market. Thanks, Cheech. Well, our market having a good start, up 41 points to 71.06, so breaking through that 7,100 level. Consumer staples and healthcare names outperforming energy, the only sector in negative territory. BHP, underlying profit and dividend, both ahead of estimates. It was up more than 5% initially on a positive reaction. Full or record four-year dividend of US $3.25 ahead of estimates. So doing well in lifting the mining sector there. Tassel Group TGR has agreed to an improved $5.23 takeover by Canadian business Cook. And Seven West Media has announced a 10% on-market buyback. They also had results out. Sims has flagged soft market conditions in results. And Temple and Webster upgrading margin guidance. I'll just run through some of the reactions. Temple and Webster up 18%, BHP up 3%, James Hardy up 0.7%, and the worst performers, Challenger down 8.8%, Sezzle down 8.5%, and Sims off 6.4% there. And on the economic front, weekly consumer confidence has jumped 5%, reversing the loss from last week when the RBA hiked interest rates. Cheech. Thank you very much, Tom, for that. Over to you, Leighton, for our broker report. Thank you, Cheeches. Not much too exciting coming out of the brokers this morning. Got car sales, which reported in line with guidance from late June. UBS says that the trading commentary indicates positive momentum, but notes that dilution from capital raising from the Trader Interactive deal more than offsets the gains, and therefore the target price falls slightly to $24.60, which implies a 7.5% upside. And they've downgraded their recommendation to neutral just based on the recent share price strength. Morgan's highlighted 26% growth in private sales. The broker retains its hold recommendation and the target price is lifted to $23.70, which is pretty much in line. It's about 3% above the current market price. And there was a downgrade from Macquarie as well to neutral again, and their target price is 7% above the current market price. 
Also looking at Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, it was a bit more of a mixed response from the brokers. Macquarie has an underperform recommendation, noting that the new guidance is less leveraged to rising rates than previously thought. So this combined with a muted earnings growth outlook means that the broker sees limited upside risk. And the target price dropped to $9.25, which implies a 6.5% downside. But Credit Suisse has an outperform recommendation and basically exactly opposite to Macquarie, believes that Bendigo has material upside to interest rates. The broker highlights that costs were well managed in an inflationary environment. The target price of $11 is retained, implying a 12.5% upside. Other than that, there wasn't much that was very exciting coming out of the brokers. Thank you. Cheers for that, Leighton. And we're going to move over for our ideas section of the morning meeting. I do believe, Ben, you have something for us today. Yes, I do. Thank you, Chi-Chi. I have a quick look at ASX Limited, which is ASX. They're due to report on Thursday. Just a quick look at what they've been doing. Performed fairly well over the last 12 months while the market's been a bit volatile. Brokers were expecting some good numbers after the June monthly activity report showed a nice rise in volumes, but the July numbers were a bit soft, probably turned things to pessimism over optimism for the brokers in general. The only real upside there, the rise in cash rate environment, seeing some direct flow onto their interest income. So they're a picture of consistency, really, ASX in their numbers. They're big and boring uh, by nature. They've got that monopoly-ish position with only a few small competitors that is always attractive, but uh, those slowing numbers and the global growth headwinds uh, with slowing activity in markets expected is enough to kind of stay a bit wary of them through the short medium term. And there's probably going to be some cloudy guidance in these results, I think. Thanks for that, Ben. Cheers. Um, any other ideas? Tom, please go ahead. Oh, I just had a few of the main points on BHP with their better than expected profit and dividend and record dividend. So one to look out for, got a comment on China and iron ore outlook, which is very important for BHP. That's their major revenue contributor above 50%. And the correlation I've also put with the share price and the iron ore price are so very high correlated between those two. Thank you very much, Tom. So Henry, back to you for your Henry's take. Thanks, Chief. Written a thing in strategy as well. Just on the two kind of pillars that we've seen in the bull market, over the last, well, certainly in some cases in the last couple of decades, uh, one being the Fed put that the Fed has got our back, which clearly that has changed now. The Fed doesn't have our backs and it is trying to uh, stab us in the back to some extent and trying to slow things down. The US at the moment is taking that as a positive and they're taking that as the uh, the Fed will pivot because as the economy slows, then the Federal Reserve won't need to be quite so hawkish with interest rates. Of course, we do have another one due, another round of interest rate nerves coming in September, the end of September, we get another meeting from the Federal Reserve. So uh, that will start to create some volatility going into that meeting. We also have Jackson Hole as well, which is a meeting of central bankers in the mountains. So that will be interesting as well, as far as the market goes. But at the moment, everyone seems to be quite content to look the other way. Volatility is coming down and the market is going up. The other pillar that has kept the markets buoyant, and especially the Australian economy buoyant, of course, has been China and the Chinese economy. Yesterday, we saw saw People's Bank of China cut the repo rate by 10 basis points, which was a little bit of a surprise and shows that they are having problems in China as far as the um, economy goes. What I found interesting 
was the employment numbers coming out yesterday in the 16 to 24 year old bracket. They hit 20%, 19.9%, which is a big, big issue as far as I can see. Uh, there are some distortions because July and August is graduation period. And I think there's 10.7 odd million Chinese that uh, come out of graduation each year and they have to then find 11 million jobs for them. So clearly those numbers are a little bit distorted, but with an aging population, no immigration, the Chinese time bomb of demographics continues to tick away. And with the COVID that they are currently suffering from and the, the restrictions they've put in place, that's making stimulation very, very hard for the Chinese economy. And we've seen that in terms of commodity prices last night, where we did get a bit clobbered. Uh, nickel was down 4.8% and copper was down 1.9%. Oil coming off on the back of that as well. And we did see iron ore under pressure again. And as Tom says, BHP is very much geared to the iron ore price. But for today, at least, uh, BHP is celebrating those record dividends um, and really sticking it to Rio because Rio cut its dividend, whereas BHP has um, has really delivered in spades. Um, so and the second highest profit number since August 2011, which was the highest one. So just writing today about that, as I think volatility will come back to the market. Yesterday, we had a 26-point range. It was pathetic. We did absolutely nothing really. But I suspect as we head towards September, the FOMC meeting, and we head toward a soft or hard landing, depending on which way you look at it, we will see volatility continue to build up as we come to the end of the dog days of summer in the US. As far as my stuff goes today, not a lot happening, to be honest. My target was kind of um, 7,000 to 7,100. It hit 7,100 this morning. It's now up 62 points. BHP very much leading that with a 20-point rise just in the BHP share price, which is up 3.5%. But the banks have uh, come back into play, and we are seeing some buying and defensive things. So maybe there's some defensive money washing in at the moment. But certainly, as far as my stuff goes in the small cap portfolio, nothing really to do. But certainly, some of the shorts are being punished still. Temple and Webster numbers out this morning. They're up nearly 20% on those numbers. 360 doing well as well. So there's plenty in the smaller stocks and of interests, but nothing that's tempting me to buy at the moment, that's for sure. Thank you very much for that, Henry. And let's move over to our question of the day. Has there been anything that has shocked or surprised you this result season? Let's start off with Tom. Thanks, Cheech. Well, today, Temple and Webster, as Henry just mentioned before, up more than 20% on their numbers. And that just speaks to the strength of the consumer as well. And there was a heavily shorted position with them. But that is quite an impressive result. So Temple and Webster, very impressive. And over to you, Ben. Just on that, Tom. I didn't look at the performance yeah, before. So. Over the last over the year to date, they're still down 50%. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of relief after a, a massive seller. I'll take the low-hanging fruit cheech on computer share. Um, they had good numbers. Like, you're not happy because you wanted to say that too. Uh, they, had, they had good numbers and they've got the conditions right for them to keep making more money. And even when interest rates stop going up and hold steady, they'll continue to make the more money that they are making. They won't turn sour, really, and they start coming down again. But the market looks forward and they were not too happy with the prospect that one day they will come back down. So okay. that was bit of a surprise to see them sold off. Okay, thanks for that. And over to you, Leighton. Well, that was going to be what I was going to talk about. But News Corp, I was pretty surprised with the reaction there. It's normally fairly steady stock and it jumped. Almost did a jump on results. Well, it's up nearly 9% since results. So it's a fairly decent jump there. It's just boring. Mm. Never really does anything. So yeah, that surprised me. Okay, thanks for that, Leighton. And how about yourself, Henry? Anything that shocked or surprised you? I think a nice surprise in some ways has been the BHP number because, you know, we we kind of know the numbers of these guys in some respects because we 
see the production numbers come through in the quarterly reports. So, you know, analysts can extrapolate those in terms of the, the profitability. But I think the mere fact that they made you know, nearly 21 billion US dollars, which was pretty much close to a record. Now, bear in mind that the last time they had the record number back in August 2011, which is 11 years ago, the Aussie dollar was 106 against the US. So here we are at 70 cents and BHP is making off like bandit with record dividends as well. So that, that is pretty impressive. And I think, you know, they could easily, I suspect, have followed Rio, which were a bit stingy, uh, but they didn't. They have rewarded shareholders, not only with the dividend this year, but also with the uh, demerger of their oil and gas assets to Woodside. So, you know, th- there has been a, a massive shift to shareholders and they've been quite frugal with their takeover with Oz Minerals and even Mike Henry today talking about discipline required for that takeover. So I think the BHP result is a bit of a standout at the moment. And, you know, while that's bubbling away, that's going to continue to push the market higher because it's 11% of our index. So, you know, that that is a pretty good result. I would expect to see upgrades tomorrow, despite the fact that iron ore is under pressure. Thanks very much for that, Henry. Well, hopefully the good results keep on coming. Thank you very much for a good morning meeting. We'll see you back tomorrow. See you later. See you.